morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, selfishly, I come before you this morning with a heavy heart as we mourn the loss of our sister, Sharon Hawkins. Um, I'm kind of at a loss for words, uh, but mainly we just want to uh, just reach out, uh, show our love and support to both the Hawkins and the Vicar families. Uh, we want to let them know, and for many of you that we're close to Sharon, uh, that we're here for you, whether it's a prayer, an ear, a meal, or a hug. Uh, call upon the elders, the deacons, your brothers and sisters, uh, the church uh, office, and we will rise up to support you. Uh, if you'd bow with me, I'd like to offer a prayer for those families now. Uh, Lord, we often don't understand your, your ways and your timing, but we know that you're omniscient, and we know, Lord, uh, that your way is the right way. Uh, Lord, we just ask now that you be with the Hawkins, the Vickers, and the many, many friends and folks that share and touch, Lord. Um, just be with them. Give them strength. Um, encourage them, help them to recall all of the many wonderful times and the many blessings uh, that Sharon shared with so many. Lord, we are just so thankful for all that she did for you and for others while on this earth. And Lord, uh, we are just happy that she doesn't have to deal with any more pain. Um, and we are just so thankful for your many blessings, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, good morning, whether you're joining us here in the auditorium live or if you are on the live stream, we are so thankful to have all of you here. I'm just going to say it, it's great to have an audience again. <laughs> uh, I know some of the guys that have come up during this time and done the communion talk and things like that, almost without fail, every one of them said, wow, that's a lot harder than it looks to do this to an empty room and only looking at a camera. Um, so I am very thankful that not only uh, are we getting to a point that we can meet back together, but that all of you were able to make it out here this morning. Um, just to reiterate what Michael said earlier, you know, we have our Sunday morning service. For those of you who are comfortable to be here, if not, we offer our Sunday night service at 6, which is outdoors, so it's a little bit more relaxed. Uh, bring a chair, bring some water. Um, but it's just great that we have these opportunities to see each other once again, to fellowship with each other. And even though the work of the church certainly didn't stop during this time, I missed you guys, so I am very excited to see all of you here this morning. So, we have been talking about a series called Unsung Heroes of the Bible, and we're actually going to wrap that series up here this morning, but it's been fun to take a look at some of the little-known characters of the Bible. And, and the reason that we've been doing this is not just to look at these little-known characters, but to really take apart kind of what we can learn and what we can take away from each of these characters of the Bible and what their story was. So it's really important, not that, not that we just hear these stories and we learn about characters maybe we didn't know about, but that we're truly taking these things and now saying, how do I apply that to my life? How do I be more like this person that we spoke about? So today we're going to talk about somebody that many of you may not be familiar with, and I'm just going to be real transparent. I had no idea who this was before I started this series, and I just started looking at who were some of these people that we don't talk about enough and that we don't think about enough. So we're going to talk about Jabez this morning. Now, some of you may be going, oh, Jabez, I know Jabez, and some of you are going, who the heck is Jabez? So I think it'll be interesting this morning as we look at Jabez. Jabez is only found in two verses of the Bible. 
But here's the thing, and some of you may be saying, only two verses in the Bible, why are we spending time talking about this, thinking about this, meditating on this? If it was important enough to be in the Bible, then there's something that we can learn for it, from it, and it's important for us to understand. And you're going to see this morning, if you're not familiar with Jabez, this is all about the power of prayer. Jabez had a powerful prayer and a powerful prayer that God answered, and we're going to take a look at that and break that down a little bit this morning as we talk a little bit about prayer as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. And again, you're, you may be saying, why Jabez? Well, Jabez, there's many, there's many, many prayers in the Bible, but the cool thing about the prayer of Jabez is it was short, sweet, and to the point, and we know that God answered Jabez's prayer. So if God answered Jabez's prayer, that means Jabez must have been doing something right. And that's what we're going to take a look at here this morning. So we are going to be in the Old Testament today. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And we're going to get our first kind of glimpse at who Jabez really was. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, here's the thing about these characters of the Bible that, again, we may not be super familiar with or we may not really understand who they were, is you have to look at these scriptures and you kind of have to break it down. Now, that was a pretty short verse, and again, we only have one verse that describes who Jabez was, but look at how much we can take from Jabez. He was born out of sorrow and pain. We learned that at the very end of that first verse. He had brothers. He was considered honorable. It said he was even more honorable than his brothers. His life and prayer requests were important enough that they're listed in the Bible. Now, I know we're not all Bible scholars, and we haven't all spent a ton of time maybe in the Scriptures or really learning how to dissect verses and passages, but if it's in the Bible, that means there's something in there that we can learn from. There's something in there that we can take away. There's something in there that we can apply to our daily lives. So we want to get a glimpse of who Jabez really was. So let's talk about names in the Bible. Names in the Bible were very, very important, probably way more important than they are today because names in the Bible meant something. They stood for something. They'd give you a glimpse into something that was going on in the life of that family when this person was born. So they were kind of a big deal. Now, this impact of the child's name would have kind of determined who that person was going to be and how that person was going to be seen throughout their life. That's how important these names really were. And a lot of times we see that whatever the mother and the father were experiencing at that time determined the name of the child. Now in Jabez's part, as the tag says on the screen, this was a little bit awkward for him. We know that it was a big deal. We know that God took stock in what names were. And the reason that we know that is when we look at Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, we see that Abraham had his name changed. It says, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. So we know that God takes stock in names to the point that he actually changed people's names. And we've seen throughout the Bible different characters who had their names changed, either when they were converted to Jesus Christ or when they went through certain changes in their lives. But Jabez's name literally meant pain and sorrow. Now, I don't know about you guys. I have a name that could be for a boy or for a girl. My name is Aaron. Now, depending on how you spell it, it can be a boy's name, it can be a girl's name. 
my whole life, I've been teased about my name, saying, oh, you were named after a girl. Oh, your parents wanted a girl. I've dealt with that. I'm okay with that. It kind of tapers off as you get older. You don't have to hear about that quite as much when you get to be in the mid to late 40s. Um, but anyway, in Jabez's case, everywhere he went, people were going to equate him to pain and to sorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but he's kind of starting off down the path with a strike against him, so to speak. He's starting out the path being known as the guy who was named for pain and sorrow because that's what his mother was experiencing at the time he was born. Now, it would have been very easy for Jabez just to go through his life going, ah, you know what, it just wasn't meant to be. I'm named after pain and sorrow, so I'm going to live into that expectation. I'm going to live into that name that I was given. Now, one of the things I want you guys to think about this morning as we talk about Jabez and his name actually meaning pain and sorrow is what are the names that we've been given? What are the names that we've been given? And I don't mean just your proper name, but what are the names that we've been, become associated by? Now, maybe we're known as a Christian. What a fantastic way to be known. But maybe at some point in our lives, we've been named just like Jabez was. That we weren't good enough, that we weren't smart enough, that we weren't good looking enough, that we didn't have enough money. We as a society tend to label people in a very superficial way. And we all do it. We all look at people and go, oh, I can't believe they drive that car. Or, oh, I can't believe they wear those clothes. Or, hey, look at that person over there begging for money. Right? We pigeonhole people into these stereotypes of what we think they should be. Well, Jabez takes that one step further. He was actually named that way. And we're going to look and see how that impacted his life. So let's look at the prayer of Jabez. And this is found in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. Because remember, Jabez is only two verses of the Bible. 1 Chronicles 4, 9, 1 Chronicles 4, 10. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel... Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. It says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And God granted his request. How cool is that? How cool would that be if when we prayed for something, just poof, God grants our requests? Now, we know that sometimes God does grant our requests, and sometimes God doesn't grant our requests, and sometimes he grants them not exactly in the way we would have wanted him to. But he always hears our prayers, and not only did he hear the prayer of Jabez, but he granted the prayer of Jabez. Now, let's look at some key points. Jabez approached this from a point I and mean, a standpoint of humility. Because he knew that if he wanted to increase his territory, now keep in mind when he's talking about increasing his territory, it, don't think of that necessarily in the physical sense, but he's saying, I want to live into the expectation that God has put before me. I want to live into the calling that God has given me. He knew that the only way to do that was to reach out to God. He didn't say, hey, I can do this on my own. Hey, I don't need God. No, he knew where to go to make this request, and he went to God with humility. He had faith. He didn't let his name define who he was or what he would go on to do because he had faith that God could do all things. 
So he takes this prayer to God. And he understood the power of prayer. I want to talk about that one for just a second. This, this idea of the power of prayer. It's almost become cliche, I think, in our time and in our place. Because we say things like, oh, God's got this. Oh, God's going to bless me. No worries. And that's true. But that does, I think we've almost lost focus on this concept of going to God with humility in prayer. How often do we say, I'm praying for you? We, we say it a lot. Let's just be honest. We say it a lot. But how many times do we take that next step of going to a quiet place and really specifically lifting that person up in prayer? I don't know. Do we do it enough? I can speak for myself. Maybe we don't do it enough. Because it's easy to say, yeah, Brother Ken, I'm praying for you. Yeah, Brother Doug, I'm praying for you. But do we really take that next step and get down on our knees and go to God in prayer? I read a, a crazy statistic a while back that said, of the number of times people, and I don't know where they got this from, but of the number of times people say, I'm praying for you, it's a very small percentage of the time that that person's actually praying for you. And, and I say that not to criticize, because I've been guilty of it in the past too. But I say that, that if you're going to tell somebody, hey, I'm praying for you, then do it. Go to that quiet place. Spend time with the Father in prayer for that person. We know right now that the Hawkins family and the Vicar family need our prayers. And I pray that we won't just say, yeah, I'm praying for them. I pray that we'll actually be in prayer for these families that are hurting. I know a lot of us, this, this has been a tough pill to swallow because Sharon was an amazing lady and she loved this church and she loved the people in it and she loved the kids of this church and she spent her time teaching across the hall at this church. And right now, her family needs our prayers and I pray that we will actually get down on our knees and go to that quiet place like the Bible teaches us to do and lift this family up in prayer because I still believe in the power of prayer. And I still think it's powerful. And I hope that you do too. So let's jump ahead to Matthew chapter 7, 7 and see what Matthew has to say on the subject. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be opened to you. See, it's this concept of ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Now, we know that God is all-powerful. We know that God is all-knowing. And we know that God knows what's in our hearts. And he knows what we need. But in Matthew, it's reminding us that we have to go to him and ask for it. Because he wants to have that relationship with us. It's an amazing concept that we get to talk to the creator of the universe. And not only do we get to talk to him, but he wants you to talk to him, which is why it tells us over and over in the Bible to go to the Father in prayer. And that's why we see the example of Jesus over and over again. He goes to a quiet place or he goes up on the mountainside and he prays to the Father. See, I love the last part of this verse where it says, knock and the door will be opened to you. Because I, I always get this mental picture of going up to someone's door, you're going to someone's house and you're just standing in front of their front door. Why aren't they opening the door? Because you didn't knock. It's the same thing with God. He's waiting for you to knock on the door. He's waiting for you to reach out to him in prayer. And that's what he wants. 
I love this, this quote that I ran across as I was kind of preparing these thoughts on, on prayer. It says, prayer is the greatest of all forces, which I love that in and of itself. You can just leave it right there. Greatest of all forces, because it honors God and brings him into active aid. See, we've got to bring God in to our lives. We've got to bring God in to our situations. We've got to invite him in and ask him to be present in our lives and to be helping us through the situations that we're going through because we don't have to go through it alone. So let's take a look at Philippians 4, 6, and this is probably one of the most quoted verses in the Bible, but I love this verse, and I know it's a little cliche, but I hope you all have this memorized and put to memory. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in, (coughs) excuse me, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Oh, if only we could really do this. This is one of those verses that is so much easier said than done. Right? And we quote this to people when they're going through a hard time. And we quote this when we're thinking about prayer. And we quote this a lot. But do we really do it? Do we really just give it to God and let him handle it? Or do we st- are we still busy spinning our wheels trying to fix it ourselves? Because God is way more powerful than you or I, and he can fix things and he can do things if we have trust and we have faith in him and we take it to him in prayer. But I'm just going to be honest with you. This is one that I struggle with. I'm, I'm a warrior and I'm an overthinker, and I lay awake at night thinking through things that I need to just give it to God and go to sleep. We've got to take it to God. Because all the worry that we do and all the things that we're doing may not be enough. It may not be what we need to be doing. We need to just give it to God. So I hope that Philippians 4, 6 has not become one of those things that we just, yeah, we know what it says and we can quote it word for word, but we're not really living that out. We got to live the scriptures. We got to live these important words about prayer. So let's look at what his prayer was not about. Because you might miss these if you're just looking at it on the surface. Now, one of the things I love about the prayer of Jabez is it's short. I'm a big fan of short prayers, so I'm just going to be honest with you. Especially at the dinner table, as you can probably tell. I want to get to food. I want to get to eating. My grandpa, who was, a, who was a Church Christ preacher for many, many, many years, that man could pray. And he could pray and pray and pray and pray. But when it came to the dinner table, short prayers. That's one thing I learned from my grandfather. When people are sitting around the table and they can smell the food, and they can see the food, and they're hungry, bless the food and move on. But there was no repetition in Jabez's prayer. He didn't go on and on and on and on. It wasn't a rote prayer. It wasn't a scripted prayer. It wasn't something that he had memorized and had lost its effect. See, that's the problem is when you, when you use these rote prayers or these scripted prayers, the reason the Bible warns us against that is because you lose the momentum and you lose the feeling and you lose the emotion behind it. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. It shouldn't be just something that you've got memorized because what happens is, just like we talked about with Philippians 4, 6, when you have that prayer memorized and it's the same thing over and over again, it loses its meaning. It's a conversation between you and God. And we we tend to lose that. 
So there was no repetition in Jabez's prayer. It was short, sweet, and to the point. I love it. It was not selfish. See, what he was asking God for was help me live into your calling for my life. Help me live in to the things that you would have me to do. How often do we pray for that? How often do we pray for that? Because, see, we tend to spend the most time in prayer when we need something. Right? Help me. Bless me. I need this. I need that. I used to do something with the youth group where I would, I would challenge them to pray and not ask for one single thing. Don't ask for anything for yourself. I want you to pray and just be thankful for what God has done in your life. But see, when we pray the most it is when we're in dire straits. When we pray the most is when we're in fear of losing our jobs. When we pray the most is when we're in fear that that check is not going to make it to the first of the month. Boy, then we hit our knees and we pray, pray, pray. But are we praying all of the time? Are we praying those truly unselfish prayers where we're asking for things for our brothers and sisters, where we're asking for things for our family, but we're not asking for anything from ourselves? If you haven't done that, I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to, to go to the Heavenly Father in prayer and don't ask for anything. But simply talk about the things that God has done in your life and the things that God has done in your family and the things that God is doing in this church. But don't ask for anything. It's a powerful way of praying and it gives you a great perspective on the things that you do have and the things that we enjoy every day that we take for granted. So it wasn't a selfish prayer. And it's not about an easy fix. He didn't just say, God, I want to wake up tomorrow and everything's perfect. And a matter of fact, you know, we see that God answered his prayer. And I don't want to speculate too much because I think we get in trouble when we speculate too much. But we don't know exactly how God answered this prayer. Because his prayer was, was kind of vague, so to speak. We don't know if this meant that now Jabez doesn't have any more enemies. We don't know if now Jabez has twice the number of sheep that he had before. We don't really know how God answered the prayer. But the fact that God answered the prayer tells us that Jabez was doing something right. And the fact that it was important enough that we find it in Scripture tells you that there's something we can learn from this. So those are some things I want you to just think about from what Jabez's prayer was not. It was not selfish. It was not scripted. It was not repetitive. So how do we pray the way that Jabez prayed? So but Jabez says, oh, that thou would bless me. Now, we don't usually talk in the thee and the thou and the those anymore. But do we just ask God to bless us? Do we ask God, just like Jabez has done, that we could fulfill the calling that he has on our lives? That we're fulfilling the gifts that he's given us? Are we using the talents that he's giving us? And do we pray for that? If you have a gift for teaching, are you praying that God will use you in a mighty way to teach others about Jesus Christ? If you have a beautiful singing voice, are you praying that he'll use you to uplift others with songs, with songs of praise? Are you praying that whatever your talent may be, as Doug mentioned earlier, are you using that to advance the kingdom? Now, that doesn't just mean here at church. 
That doesn't just mean that you need to be standing on this stage or that you need to be out in the parking lot giving a devotional, although we'd love to have you do that. But it means are you using the calling, are you using the talents that God has given you every single day to advance the kingdom? Are you looking for ways to do that? Are you looking for ways to help others? Are you looking for ways to bless others? And I don't just mean financially or things like that, but, but are we helping other people whenever we can to portray Christ in the best possible light? See, Jabez's prayer was to enlarge my territory. And again, I'm not so sure that meant physically, like, give me more land. I, it meant, help me live into that calling that you would have for me. So are we praying, Lord, help me fulfill the calling that you've given me. Help me live in to this way of life that you would have me to live. Help me to live in to this idea of being an example to others. Are we doing that? Again, it doesn't mean you have to be a teacher or a preacher or a song leader, but are we living into the talents that we've been giving and using those to glorify God? And lastly, Jabez prayed, keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And are we praying for ourselves and our families that God will keep us away from evil, that God will keep us away from temptations? We, we all have them. We all have those things in our lives that we need to stay away from. And are we praying every day that God will give us the strength to do that? Because remember, God doesn't say that he'll, he won't give us more than we can handle, but he does say he won't tempt us beyond what we're able to withstand. So are we praying God, please help me to stay away from these things I know I need to stay away from. Are we praying, God, keep me on the path that you would have me to be on? See, we can be like Jabez, but it just takes some time, and it takes some energy, and it takes some focus, and we need to pray the way that Jabez prayed. So what are our takeaways? What are those key points that I want you to remember? I always like to give you guys takeaways. Right? Because I feel like if, if I just get up here and talk, and I just get up here and tell you about somebody, that's great. And, and you may learn a new story or two. But, but what can you walk out the door with and apply to your daily life? Because I feel like if I don't give you that, if I don't give you some things to think about, some things to apply, then what's the point? Right? It's great, it's great to know Bible knowledge. That, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's not. But I want you to be able to walk out the door and go, yeah, these are some concrete things that I can do today in my life to be more like, in this case, Jabez. And that's that he, that he was humble. He had that spirit of humility. He knew, God, I can't do this without you. But I can do it with you. See, he humbled himself. And we see over and over in the scriptures that we need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble, be humble. Be humble. That means it's important, and we need to keep that in mind. Jabez had faith. He didn't let his name define him. Again, he was named literally after pain and sorrow. That'd be like your parents' name and you pain in the neck. Obviously, we wouldn't do that, but it would be the same thing. Everywhere he went, people equated him with pain and sorrow, but he didn't let that stop him. He didn't let that stop him from being a faithful man who knew to go to the Lord. And lastly, Jabez understood the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Prayer is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Again, th this whole idea that we can talk to the creator of the universe 
and that he wants to have a relationship with us. To, to me, that's mind-blowing. I, I can't even wrap my head around that, that the creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with me, and he wants to talk to me. And I believe that, power, that, that prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. But like anything else, we've got to do our part. Right? It's a, like any relationship, it's a two-way street. See, when we go to God in prayer, we're saying, God, look, I understand I can't do this by myself. I understand that you are the all-powerful, and I want to have a relationship with you. And like any relationship, it takes communication. Right? Those of you who are married, those of you who are in relationships, communication is key. Got to have it. It's the same thing with God. You've got to communicate with him, and he communicates with you. You've got to knock on the door. So I hope that, that something from the prayer of Jabez inspires you. And I'm hoping that something from this is something that you can apply to your daily lives as you focus on your life in prayer and as you focus on that relationship you have with God. So that wraps up our series on the unsung heroes of the Bible. Next week, we're actually going to talk a little bit about baptism. I've had a couple of requests for, for uh, some more information on baptism. So next week, we're going to start on baptism. The week after that, we're actually going to start working our way through the book of Philippians. So we've got some exciting things going on, some exciting things coming up, and I hope that you'll be able to join us for that. But before we close out today, we always want to give you the opportunity. Maybe you have never had the opportunity to be baptized. And we're going to talk about this in detail next week, but in a nutshell, we get baptized as our public display of saying, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. He came to live on this earth to die for my sins. We're buried for the remission of our sins. We're buried to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've never had the opportunity to do that, if you're here live in the auditorium, you can come forward during this next song and we can take care of that for you here today. If you're on our live stream audience, please reach out to me, Aaron at mvchurch.org. We're happy to make an appointment for you. We can get you baptized. Or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and maybe you've just drifted away. Maybe like the prodigal son, you've walked away and you're ready to come home and you're ready to come back. We would love to sit with you, to talk with you, and to pray with you and to help you get back into a right relationship with God. You have the opportunity to do that right now as we stand together and as we sing. Precious name, Precious name. Once again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. Whether you're here in the building or whether you're in our live stream audience, we are so thankful to spend some time with you here on Sunday morning. And again, we'll be here at the building tonight at 6 o'clock. Make sure to bring a chair and something to drink. Um, in just a moment, we're going to be dismissed, and Jason and Brandon will be dismissing us kind of in rows just so that we can help maintain some of our social distancing guidelines. Would you please join me in a word of closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day and this opportunity that we've had to once again come together as a church family. Heavenly Father, right now we ask that you would just especially wrap your arms around the family of the Hawkins and the family of the Vickers. So Heavenly Father, just be with them, give them comfort, help them to find peace in your loving arms. And we know that you are welcoming our sister Sharon into your arms as well. So Heavenly Father, just be with them and help to 
lift them up. Help all of those that are hurting to just be comforted and to look to you for strength. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to leave this place, we just ask that you would watch over us, guide us and protect us and bring us back at the next appointed hour. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love for us and your willingness to send your son to die on the cross. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much. Have a great day. Oh.